friends, family, faculty and staff, and to everyone who's joining us on the live stream with an especially warm welcome to Celia Vasquez, our other group leader who is tuning in from Peru. Um, I'd like to welcome you to Lehman Auditorium on this chilly morning of December 14th, 2022. This, morning con this morning's convocation meeting is for the Peru Intercultural Group to share some of our experiences from our past semester abroad. While the students are sharing today, um, on December 16th um, at 1 p.m., Chris Schmidt, our group leader, is sharing with the faculty in Strike Conference Room um, and wanted to, an ex to extend an invitation to you all as well to that. So that is 1 p.m. on the 16th in Strike Conference Room. Each of you have been a huge support to this group. Um, you've prayed for us, sent us messages, supported us financially, and are part of a campus community that lifts up multicultural relationships. Thank you to all of you for being here. Um, I, I am the culprit. I passed out the silver stickers, and I know you're all really confused. Um, so about a month ago, I needed something to keep me going just a little bit um, when the days were getting rough, when I was passing holidays without my family, um, and when I was just wildly frustrated by miscommunications. So I went to the store, and I bought these little silver stickers to mark off the days in my agenda. Anyway, so that's, I, I didn't realize it was a pack of 500, and so now you all have stickers. Um, anyway, so that was a source of strength for me while I was in Peru, um, and I just wanted to thank you and also um, offer a little, a little strength to you today for whatever, whatever may be tr uh, troubling you. Um, we are going to introduce ourselves with some superlatives that we came up with while we were in Hi, I'm Sophie, and I'm the most likely to make the group stop to pet a dog. Hi, everyone. My name is Imani Williams, and I will spend all my food money on clothes. Hello, I'm Caroline Brunk Greaser, and one thing about me is that I will be in most of your photos. Hi, I'm Annika Hurst, and one thing about me is I will be able to tell you what kind of bird that is. Hi, I'm Hannah Beck. Something about me is that I will be trying to start a group hug. My name is Mariah Miller, and something about me is that I will be wearing socks and chacos. My name is Maggie Garber, and something about me is I will never be called by my name. Uh, hi, my name is Rachel Jennings, and one thing about me is that I am constantly surrounded by animals. I'm Claire Wetzel, and I'm most likely to be asked to interpret. Hi, I'm Reverend Norton, and I am most likely to break into an accent and giggle. Uh, hi, I'm Erin Clayton, and I am the one most likely to do the assigned reading. Hi, my name is Katie Johnson, and I am most likely to know a Spanish song that is playing. Hi, I'm Taylor Chandler, and I'm most likely to spend all of my money on llamas. Hi, my name is Lydia Lee, and I am most likely to be having a good time. Hi, I'm Joseph Wetzel, and I'm the most likely to be speedrunning in front of the group in the wrong direction. 
And I'm Jalen Flesher, and I'm most likely to be wearing white dots everywhere. Just like a brief rundown of some of the stuff we were doing. Um. Okay, so we had a lot of very helpful people when we got to Peru. Um, we of course had our leader Chris Schmidt, um, but also when we got there we had uh, this lovely Peruvian woman Celia Vasquez who helped us a lot. She was one of the people that um, really just had all the insider information because of course she's from there but she also knew all of the host families everything about the jobs we were going to be doing she knew the spanish teachers um, she helped us when we had questions with our spanish or when we needed help translating the menu um, just everything that we needed she was there for us um, so obviously that's a picture of peru um, peru is divided into kind of three sections you have the yellow that's there, which is the coast, um, near where the beaches are, the, the side closer to the water from the mountain range, and then the orange is that sort of Andes mountain range, and then the green there is the rainforest or the selva. Um, and for the first like three-ish months that we were there, we spent it in Lima, which is the capital. Um, it's very, very big. So it's split up into districts. So even though we were there all together, we weren't necessarily together. We had people in all of these different districts. Um, it gets hard to see because once you get closer to the more like densely populated, they make a lot of smaller districts. But we were in um, Magdalena, San Borja, um, San Miguel, Pueblo Libre, Miraflores. And then down in the south, we had some people in Chorrillos. Um, so we were all kind of spread out, but we were all there. We all got to see different aspects of Lima, different aspects of where we were, different kind of population. Um, but we all kind of centrally were in Miraflores for our classes. That's where our Spanish classes were and where our um, lessons were when we had history. So in the mornings, we had a few hours of Spanish. We were divided into three levels, um, just beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And then we would break for lunch, go to a menu or some restaurant that was nearby. And then um, in the afternoon, we would have some sort of history or cultural lesson. So sometimes that would involve having a teacher come in or an expert in the field or a professor. Um, sometimes we would go to museums or visit universities. So we went to an Afro-Peruvian museum to learn about that kind of culture that was um, deeply rooted in Peru. We had um, a tour of Museo Larco, which was like pottery and ceramics from before Inca times. We, want, we walked around um, different ruins, different universities that had different kind of relics from different times. We took a trip um, through a cathedral. And then just to kind of give you a glimpse of like some of the places that we visited, that purple arrow there is Lima. Um, and then the pink are some of the bigger trips that we went on. So at the top there you have Iquitos. We spent about five days in Iquitos, which was, of course, in the rainforest. So we got time um, to spend in a boat on the Amazon. We fished for piranhas. Um, we saw monkeys and butterflies and snakes and all of these wonderful things. Um, 
And then at the bottom you have Cusco, which we spent about a week there. Um, and we had the opportunity to do things like the Inca Trail, swim in hot springs. Um, some of us that weren't on the longer trip also took a tour of like the Sacred Valley. So we got to see things like the salt mines, um, some different ruins. Um, and then some of the like early age, like Inca period farms and just the way that they did their agriculture. And then after those three months and those trips that we took, we also spent a month in um, different internship placements. We kind of did rural placements and divided the group up into twos, threes, and fours. And these arrows, the green ones, are kind of the places that we were. So we had two people up at the top is Terapoto, which is in the rainforest. Um, the second green arrow is Juaraz. We had two people there, and then two people just above that in Caras. Um, the next one down is Jauja. We had three people there. And then the next one down is um, El Carmen, which is just outside of Chincha Alta. That's sort of the Afro-Peruvian city. We had four people that was there. And then the bottom one is Arequipa, which is the second biggest city that they have. And there were three of us that got to spend time there. Um, after doing our internships and different work, we also had um, Spanish courses that we were doing weekly there. After that, we all reunited back in Lima and took one final beach weekend together um, just to kind of close everything up. And that's all I have in terms of maps. Um, we're gonna do a little game now to kind of talk about some of the more little things that we did, some of the things that we experienced there. Um, what we're gonna do is just sort of list a couple things and we're gonna stand up if we did experience them or did do them, just so you kind of can see some of the things that we did. So to begin, um, stand if your commute took at least 15 minutes. This is the commute to classes when we were in Lima. Um, keep standing if it took 30 minutes. Keep standing if it took 45 minutes. Keep standing if it took an hour or more. Now stand if you ever just smiled and nodded when you didn't understand what someone was saying to you. <laughs> stand if you pet a stray dog. Keep standing if you named the stray dog. <laughs> stand if you were ever reprimanded by your host mom for walking barefoot around your house. She thought this would make us sick. Stand if your host dog ate something of yours. <laughs> Stand if you have fewer phones than when we arrived in Lima. Stand if you own cat merchandise. Cat like the heavy machinery company. <laughs> Stand if you taught a Peruvian how to do the cotton eye Joe. <laughs> Stand if you had a funny miscommunication while speaking Spanish. Um, I told my host family that Amish horses, well, I meant to say Amish horses poop on the roads, but I said Amish hair poops on the road. <laughs> I meant to say that I ate corn, but instead I said I ate a sandal. 
<laughs> Stand if you had to go to the doctor's office for your own illness. Stand if you had diarrhea for more than five consecutive days. Stand if you ever hand-washed your clothes. Stand if you got electrocuted by a shower. Stand if you did not shower for at least four consecutive days. How about five? Six? A week? <laughs> Stand if you used anything other than toilet paper to wipe. <laughs> if you accidentally threw your toilet paper in the toilet. And keep standing if you dug it out. <laughs> You're really not supposed to do that. Peru's plumbing is really bad. Um, stand if you tried cooey, which is guinea pig. Stand if you tried anticucho, which is cow heart. Stand for alpaca. And mondongo, which is cow intestine. Stand if you went to El Farol more than five times. Okay, El Farol is a menu restaurant um, and the way menus work is that um, there's a set price. It's usually like uh, 13 to 15 soles, which is like three or four dollars. Um, and you get a appetizer, which is like a soup or a salad or something kind of like that. And then a huge plate of um, your main dish, which is usually like a typical Peruvian dish. Um, and then also we get a drink with that, but we were never able to like actually identify what the drink was and it changed a lot. And so sometimes they tasted good and sometimes we decided they tasted like beans or other things that weren't so good, but we got a drink every day. Um, and El Farol was our favorite menu to go to. Um, we liked the food there and eventually we went there enough that the people started recognizing us and when we showed up they'd pull tables together for us and um, we were all ordering the same things a lot of the time so they just knew what was going on and as you can see here this gentleman here um, he is the owner of El Farol and he um, we just grew to know him and love him and so when he found out it was our last day he was like we need to take a picture and so we took a bunch of pictures. He gave us those little flags. And um, it was just a really cool experience to be so welcomed um, by total strangers. Didn't know why we were there. Um, and it was just really cool to have that experience and make some connections with some really like unexpected areas. So yeah. OK. Stand if you caught a piranha. Stand if you touched the largest freshwater fish, the paiche. Stand if you got eaten alive by bugs in the jungle. 
stand if you hiked for one day on the Inca Trail, and stand if you hiked for four days on the Inca Trail, and stand if you still can't feel your toe from the Inca Trail. <laughs> stand if you took a selfie at Machu Picchu. Stand if you went surfing. Stand if you saw any monkeys in the wild, any flamingos in the wild, any llamas, alpacas, vicuña, if you saw a mountain viscacha, and if you saw any river dolphins. Fun story. So I thought flamingos lived in Africa or maybe Australia. It turns out they live in South America. Um, and it turns out that a flock of them lived quite close to Hauha, where I had my internship. So Caroline, her host mom, took the two of us to go see flamingos. And it was very cold, like extremely cold. It was raining. It was storming. Our host families insisted that we climb to the top of a very decrepit metal tower during the storm to look at the flamingos. The roof was peeling off. It was, it was not super fun. Um, so we decided to wait the storm out. Caroline and I were wrapped in a shower curtain liner, essentially, to keep rain off. Um, and we're just kind of waiting in the alcove of this little home. Saw an entire family help deliver a calf, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then eventually we saw the flamingos. And I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what I've heard from a lot of my Peruvian families, that the flag of Peru, like red, white, red, is the are the is our, the flag of Peru has those colors um, because it's the colors that you see when a flamingo is flying away from you. Red under the wings and then white for the body. So it was a very fun experience though it was extremely cold. If you worked with kids during your internship, stand up. If you worked in a clinic or hospital, if you did digital work, stand. And if you did manual labor, stand. Oh, yeah, that's me. OK. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience in the pasantillas. Pasantillas um, was basically um, means internship in Spanish. So we all had these internship experiences where we traveled to different places in smaller groups. Um, and so Mariah and I lived in a place called San Roque de Cumbasa. Um, it's outside of Terapoto, which is a city in the high jungle of Peru. Um, we worked at a company business uh, Airbnb resort kind of place called Eco Aldeas. Um, and it's sort of like an agency that helps with um, tourism and ecotourism. Um, and so tourists can come and do treks and things like that to see the beauty of the region. Um, we, in the mornings, uh, like we stood up, we did manual labor. Um, a lot of, like, we created this garden, um, a, made like this stone path, um, a general yard work, like raking, things like that. And then 
all of this work, most of it was done with machetes, so it was just very tedious, so like chopping the ground with machetes. Um, and it was so hot uh, in the jungle, so afterwards, um, in the, right before lunch, we would go swim in the river, which was really fun. Um, in the afternoons, Mariah and I worked on writing a book um, for the tour guides to reference during their treks. Um, and it was focused on the medicinal plants uh, in the region and their uses. Uh, we wrote it in both English and Spanish. Um, and then we also took our own photos of the medicinal plants that they had there and put those in the book. We went on several treks um, to take pictures of the flora and fauna for the marketing team. And overall, San Roque was my favorite place that we stayed in Peru. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, the, it was a very small town feel, and even though nobody in the town really knew why we were there, they were all like, hey, it's so good to see you. Like, so they were just so nice and very welcoming. Um, and so yeah, if I ever return to Peru, that will definitely be one of the places that I go. All right, and for our last one, Stand if you felt like you grew in the past three and a half months. All right, and then to kind of lead us into the next thing, um, Taylor's going to share with us a journal that she wrote um, just talking about some of our own experiences growing with compassion and empathy for some of the people and things that we had to um, go through and some of the people that we saw in Peru. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. Um, bear with me for one second. Okay. Um, one characteristic of my personality that was challenged during this trip was my empathy and compassion. Um, the intercultural program here at EMU requires students to do journals. Um, these are a series of prompts um, during our stay in Peru, ranging from health to education um, and different social issues as well. Um, one prompt that stood out to me the most was, how have you changed from an empathy and compassion standpoint? Um, and this prompt led me to think of my own opinions and self-evaluation. Um, if I would have answered this prompt prior to our trip to Corral, um, which is the second oldest city in the world, um, I would have had a completely different answer than I do now. Uh, before I would have discussed my increase in empathy and compassion for those that live in Peru, especially the more rural areas, I would have talked about the sadness it brings me to see certain living conditions and how my compassion for these people has been an eye-opener for me and my faith and as well as everyone in the group too. Um, I would have talked about how my expectations failed me for how my own personality changed in terms of empathy and compassion and why this um, greatly impacted our time on the trip. While all of these points still remain valid, I now have a completely different thought process surrounding my reactions. Um, to poverty and living conditions that differ from me and those around me, as well as everyone in the group. Um, and I think I can speak for the whole group when I say that all of our perspectives has changed in this area. I now believe that my lack of knowledge surrounding these topics limited me from expressing complete understanding, compassion, and empathy for those living in different conditions. Um, and this lack of knowledge allows a chance for faith to become present in my beliefs as well as everyone else in the group and guide our understanding of this topic while we were in Peru. Uh, previous beliefs led my empathy to stem from sadness as opposed to deep understanding to how they are genuinely living in these conditions. While I am still very empathetic and compassionate towards the things I saw in my new surroundings, I am also now in awe of things I noticed during this one specific bus ride to Corral but also many other experiences that came after. 
Um, not only was it very humbling and eye-opening to see all of these communities, um, sorry, I lost my place, <laughs> um, but it was also inspirational and beautiful to see how they have adapted despite every circumstance that they are facing. Uh, from my point of view, I was saddened by what I was seeing and felt empathy for them because I felt like they needed compassion from my standpoint. But almost every community that we passed had kids playing with balls, dogs chasing each other, and people constantly smiling. It was an unreal experience because I felt saddened when seeing their living conditions, but they were still seeming so appreciative and happy with their lives. And it really made me and others in the group think about our own lives and how God gives us the circumstances that we are in and everything through his eyes is perfection and given for a reason. After this experience, I now realize that compassion and empathy do not correlate with sadness and that faith always overpowers the circumstances that you are in, especially in areas like this. All right, I'm gonna share a little bit more about our time hiking the Inca Trail, specifically um, the group of us that did the four-day hike, um, and just like a little bit of reflection. And if you were following the blog post, this is a blog post that I made. Um, so spending four days hiking the Inca Trail was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. The first day was full of breathtaking views, and we were surprised with almost gourmet meals set up for us by our team of porters along the way. When we sat down for lunch the first day, we were served a cup of juice and a bowl of soup, and we gobbled it all down, thinking that was our only food for lunch. When we finished, we were promptly served five large trays of food to choose from, from veggies to ceviche to french fries. Needless to say, we were very well fed for the trip. Each morning, we woke up to the sound of knocking on the tent and a voice offering mate de coca, mate de coca. Mate de coca is a, um, a tea that is very typical of Peru, specifically at higher altitudes. It's supposed to like help you acclimate better. So we sleepily sat up, unzipped the tent, and were handed hot mugs of coca tea to wake us up for the day. Many of our porters only spoke Quechua, an indigenous language of Peru, so we learned the word for thank you in Quechua, Sulpaiki. We were warned ahead of time that day two would be the most difficult, but how are we to know just how difficult it would be? I think it's fair to say that day two tested all of our resilience as we climbed, quite literally, into the clouds. Even as there were moments when I wasn't sure how long my body could keep carrying me, I found a sense of calm, and of a weight being lift off of my, lifted off of my shoulders, metaphorically, of course, because I was carrying a backpack. Because after so many weeks spent trying to navigate a new culture in a noisy city, my mind full of, how do I say that in Spanish? Am I offending someone? Is this a safe street to be walking on? All I had to do was put one foot in front of the other, make sure that there was air going in and out of my lungs, and allow myself to sink into the incredible beauty all around me. In one day, we trekked through climates that felt like deserts, prairies, jungles, and finally into the clouds. And each time I stopped to catch my breath, which was admittedly quite a few, when I turned around, the beauty gave me the strength to keep going. Day three was the longest but most beautiful day, in my opinion. I think others would share my opinion. Um, we spent most of the day in the clouds, passing through the occasional natural stone tunnel, a beautiful pond on the top of a mountain, um, a couple of original Inca sites that our guides um, kind of led us through and told us the history of. And we stopped many times to ask ourselves whether we were dreaming. After lunch, 
We had to dance to some high school musical, specifically Bet On It, and Backstreet Boys to get our energy back for the rest of the day. We were becoming a bit hysterical, giggling as we hobbled along the last few stone staircases when we found ourselves at one of the most beautiful lookouts we'd seen so far. We took some pictures, collapsed into the grass, and promptly found out that one of our guides was a massage therapist when she offered to crack our backs for us. The morning of our last day, we were woken up at 3 a.m. and emerged from our tents to a view of magnificent fog-covered mountains. Our reward for the morning's hike was arriving at the famous viewpoint of Machu Picchu from above, only to see a blanket of white fog. We were up there with like, I don't know, a hundred other people who had just hiked the Inca Trail and we were all like, ah, where is it? <laughs> we decided to walk down to meet the rest of our group and finally we were able to see the magnificent Machu Picchu up close and personal. After our tour and once the clouds had receded, we decided to do one last hike back up to the top to see the view that we missed that morning. The feeling of standing up there looking down at the wonder that is Machu Picchu is something I just can't describe. I felt both deep awe at the beauty and life that the Incan people created, and also deep sadness to know that such a beautiful culture was wiped out by the Spanish conquistadors. After we hiked down, we said goodbye to Machu Picchu Mountain and our amazing team of guides and porters with hugs and with the hope that we'd see them again someday. So now I'll wrap up our time together. An important part of integrating back into our lives here is telling our stories. So thank you all for just taking the time this morning to listen. We shared only a small snippet of our three and a half months and it feels impossible to share the depth of our experiences. To our loved ones, we ask that you give us grace as we navigate this transition and we do want to hear your stories too. Our trip was filled with new, meaningful connections, and with that, it was filled with a lot of hard goodbyes. The transition will be overwhelming at times, but it does feel good to say hello again. We learned on the Inca Trail that the Quechua language doesn't have a word that simply means goodbye. Instead, our guides taught us tupanachiscama, a word that means until next time, an assumption that you will see that person again someday. To my group, I'm so proud of all of us. It's been an incredible experience. And you've been my people for three and a half months, and I think this will be my hardest goodbye yet. So I won't say goodbye to each of you and to all of you. We'll just say tupanachis kama. Thank you all. <laughs>